Russia-Ukraine war Kim and Putin discuss deepening ties as Ukraine war looms over summit. Anushka Patel Mark Santora Matina Stevies Gridnev Cho Sanghan Paul San Cho Sanghan Cho Sanghan. The North Korean and Russian leaders, Kim Jong-un and Vladimir V. Putin, met on Wednesday for two hours in a summit meeting that was being closely watched for indications that Mr. Kim has agreed to supply munitions the Kremlin needs for its war in Ukraine. Mr. Kim and Mr. Putin, the Russian president, are both pariahs, isolated from the West, but the war in Ukraine has elevated the North Korean leader's significance to the Kremlin. Mr. Putin's invasion has dragged on for nearly 19 months, and he needs allies. North Korea is one of the few countries willing to supply Russia with weapons. Russian state media reported that the two leaders talked for about two hours on Wednesday morning at Vostokny Cosmodrome, a space launch center in Russia's far eastern Amur region. Mr. Putin told reporters before the start of the summit that the meeting was being held at the Cosmodrome because Mr. Kim shows great interest in rocket technology, RIA journalists reported on Telegram. Mr. Kim arrived in Russia on Tuesday from North Korea, having traveled to the meeting on his armored train, a trip that took days. North Korean news media reported that he had departed Pyongyang, the capital, on Sunday afternoon. The Kremlin confirmed his arrival in Russia on Tuesday, with state media publishing video images of him being greeted by a Russian official at a stop identified as being in the city of Kasan, just over North Korea's northeastern border. Despite international sanctions and domestic economic hardship, North Korea operates one of the world's largest standing armies and a vigorous defense industry. U.S. officials have repeatedly warned that North Korea was shipping artillery shells and rockets for Russian troops in Ukraine, and have warned that Mr. Kim's meeting with Mr. Putin could result in additional arms deals. The Kremlin spokesman, Dmitry S. Peskov, said on Tuesday that the two leaders would discuss trade and economic ties, but he also made a veiled reference to bilateral cooperation in certain sensitive spheres which should not be publicly revealed or announced, according to the Russian state news agency TASS. In recent weeks, Mr. Kim has visited North Korean munitions factories, urging them to expedite production of multiple rocket launches, sniper rifles, drones and missiles, according to the country's state media. North Korea also has one of the largest fleets of tanks in the world, though most are Soviet-era models. However, as Russian forces try to fend off a counteroffensive in Ukraine, Moscow urgently needs to replenish its depleted arsenals with tanks and artillery, according to military experts. Pyongyang wants Russian parts for its Soviet-era military and civilian aircraft, as well as technological help for its nuclear and missile programs. Earlier Wednesday, South Korea reported that North Korea had launched two short-range ballistic missiles off its east coast. The North often carries out such missile tests, but these were the first it had ever conducted while Mr. Kim, its authoritarian leader, was outside the country. Multiple United Nations Security Council resolutions prohibit North Korea from testing ballistic missiles. North Korea may also seek wheat shipments from Russia in return for weapons in order to help alleviate its chronic food shortages, analysts said. It also hopes to resume exporting construction and logging workers to Russia to bring in cash. In recent months, Russia has eased travel restrictions on North Koreans, allowing them to stay up to six months on tourist visas, which have often been used as a cover for North Korean workers abroad. Hiring North Korean workers is banned under UN sanctions. The State of the War
Kim Jong-un in Russia The North Korean leader arrived in the country for a meeting with President Vladimir Putin that could see the two nations increasing military cooperation be drone strikes. Ukraine said that it had foiled a large Russian drone attack on the capital, the latest barrage in a campaign apparently intended to destroy infrastructure and demoralize the local population. Elon Musk The multi-billionaire businessman foiled an attack on Russia's Black Sea fleet in 2022 by refusing to let Ukraine use his Starlink satellite network to guide its drones, Musk has acknowledged, renewing questions about the global power he wields through his companies. Cluster munitions Ukrainian troops have embraced the controversial weapons in their fight against Russian forces. But are the U.S.-supplied bomblets making a difference? HTTPS slash slash www.newyorktimescom slash 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 world slash Europe slash Ukraine cluster munition shtml action equals celic candy piggy type equals legacy collection and state equals default and module equals style and Russia Ukraine and variant equals show on? Explosions tore through a shipyard at the headquarters of Russia's Black Sea Fleet in Crimea before dawn on Wednesday, damaging at least two ships and setting off a blaze that continued to burn into the early morning, according to Russian officials. The Russian Ministry of Defense said in a statement that Ukraine had fired 10 cruise missiles at the facility in the city of Sevastopol at the same time as it targeted a Russian warship on the Black Sea with three maritime drones. Air defense systems shot down seven cruise missiles, and the patrol ship Vasily Bikov destroyed all the unmanned drones, the ministry said. The rare acknowledgement of a successful Ukrainian attack came after local residents broadcast images of explosions and raging fires in the shipyard on social media. Mikhail Razbaziv, the Russian-backed governor of Crimea, later shared a photo that appeared to show the port side of a Rapucha-class large landing ship that sustained damage. Ukrainian officials had no immediate comment on the strikes on Wednesday. Mr. Razvozeyev said at least 24 people were injured at the Savmorzavod shipyard. The initial explosions and sounds of air defenses were first reported at about 2 a.m. The conflict on the Black Sea has escalated in the past few months, expanding another battlefront in the nearly 19-month-old war in Ukraine. Ukraine has increasingly targeted Russian military operations, including bases, naval facilities and ammunition depots, on the Crimean Peninsula, which Russia invaded in 2014 and illegally annexed. Moscow has ramped up attacks on Ukrainian ports, grain facilities and other civilian infrastructure since it backed out of a deal to allow Ukraine to ship grain through the Black Sea. Crimea, which is connected to Russia by a single bridge that's been repeatedly attacked, is home to Moscow's Black Sea Fleet and provides a vital link in the Russian military supply chain that supports tens of thousands of soldiers now occupying a vast swath of southern Ukraine. President Vladimir V. Putin of Russia views the territory as a prized possession, and since Moscow illegally annexed Crimea in 2014, the Kremlin has studded the peninsula with military bases. It was used as a springboard for Russia to launch its full-scale invasion of Ukraine in 2022, and Russia has since used it as a base to launch thousands of missiles and drones at Ukrainian towns and cities. President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine has said that military facilities in Crimea are legitimate targets. For more than a year, Ukraine has targeted Russia's bases there with drones, missiles and sabotage operations. Last October, Ukraine struck the Russian naval base at Sevastopol with maritime drones. 
Kiev has expanded its ability to strike at long range, and attacks have grown bolder and more sophisticated. A Ukrainian maritime drone struck a Russian warship hundreds of miles from the coast in August, demonstrating the growing range and attack capabilities of the unmanned boats. The strike forced the Russian Navy to take new defensive measures to protect its fleet. Despite the increase in Ukrainian attacks on Crimea, Russian officials have downplayed the strikes, suggesting that life has gone on as normal on the peninsula. The European Union's top official on Wednesday called for a major expansion of the bloc to include not only Ukraine but also Moldova, several Western Balkan nations and Georgia over the next few years, a move that would push the group from 27 to over 30 members with more than half a billion citizens and would make the world's largest free trade, free travel area even larger. Ursula von der Leyen, the president of the European Commission, said that Russia's invasion of Ukraine had pushed Europe to respond to the call of history. In a world where size and weight matter, it is clearly in Europe's strategic and security interest to complete our union, she said in her annual State of the European Union address at the European Parliament in the French city of Strasbourg. Ms. von der Leyen said that the aspiring new members should undergo rigorous reforms before joining the bloc. Addressing the concern of many long-time EU members, such as the Netherlands, she also stressed that rule of law, which involves rooting out corruption, should be at the heart of their accession. The closely watched address sets the agenda for the year ahead and is the last in her five-year term, which ends next summer with elections held across the EU. Ms. von der Leyen has not yet confirmed whether she will seek the post again. We will be at Ukraine's side every step of the way. For as long as it takes, said Ms. von der Leyen, one of the most vocal and steadfast of Ukraine's supporters in Europe. She also announced that the bloc, which hosts about 4 million Ukrainian refugees, will continue affording them a special status that automatically grants them access to health, education and labor markets for another year. The summit meeting on Wednesday between President Vladimir V. Putin of Russia and the leader of North Korea, Kim Jong-un, comes at a rare moment of mutual need. Mr. Putin needs more munitions to fuel his war against Ukraine, the likes of which North Korea possesses in abundance. And Mr. Kim requires more advanced military technology to secure his regime, as well as food, fuel and cash to support his isolated nation. These are all things Russia could theoretically provide, apart from the challenges posed by United Nations Security Council sanctions. That backdrop has made North Korea far more relevant than in years past for Russia, despite North Korea's history as an impoverished, troublesome partner since the breakup of the old Soviet bloc. And it underscores the extent to which war aims continue to serve as an overriding priority for Mr. Putin, as his invasion of Ukraine nears the 19-month mark. The war is now the organizing principle of Russian foreign policy, Alexander Gabov, director of the Carnegie Russia Eurasia Center, said, noting that North Korea could not only provide Russia with munitions but also support the Kremlin's effort to push back against what Mr. Putin describes as Western hegemony. When Mr. Putin launched his invasion last year, North Korea was one of the first and few countries to declare support. Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu visited Pyongyang in July and toured an arms exhibition there, during which North Korea showed off missiles, drones and other weapons. When Mr. Kim previously traveled to Russia by train, in 2019, for a meeting with Mr. Putin the talks were dominated by nuclear disarmament. 
This time the negotiations could be more substantive, as they take place in a country at war and at a time when Russian military stocks are depleted. Russia is concerned about North Korea's advancing nuclear weapons program, analysts say. Following the North 6 underground nuclear tests between 2006 and 2017, Russia and China both joined a series of United Nations Security Council resolutions imposing increasingly harsh sanctions. But it has become a secondary concern as its conflict and confrontation with the United States deepens. North Korea also functions on a wartime footing. Despite international sanctions and domestic economic hardship, the nation operates one of the world's largest standing armies and a vigorous defense industry. This has historically been a very mercantile, transactional relationship, said Svade Snyder, senior fellow for Korea Studies at the Council on Foreign Relations. Those two components of the relationship seem to be in closer alignment at this moment than they have been for many years. U.S. officials have repeatedly warned that North Korea was shipping artillery shells and rockets for Russian fighters in Ukraine. They fear that Mr. Kim's meeting with Mr. Putin could result in additional arms deals. President Vladimir V. Putin of Russia on Wednesday hosted the North Korean leader, Kim Jong-un, at a prized spaceport, a symbolic choice for two countries that have significant ambitions in space but have recently suffered setbacks on that front. The site was the Vostokny Cosmodrome in the Amur region in Russia's Far East, built as part of Mr. Putin's broader effort to re-establish Moscow's global might as a superpower boasting a space program. Its first launch was in 2016. Last month, a Russian robotic spacecraft that launched from the Cosmodrome accidentally crashed into the moon while en route to the lunar surface. The lander, known as the Luna 25, was supposed to complete Russia's first space launch to the moon's surface since the 1970s and become the first spacecraft to reach the moon's south polar region. Instead, that accolade went to India, https colon slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash live slash 2023 slash 08 slash 23 slash science slash India dash moon dash landing dash Chandrayaan dash 3. On Tuesday, Mr. Putin, speaking at an economic conference in Vladivostok, vowed to continue work on Russia's lunar program despite the setback. He called the mission complex, responsible work associated with high technology, where he said Russia has excellent competencies. Mr. Kim also experienced a setback in his space program last month, after North Korea's second attempt at launching a spy satellite failed. Its first attempt to put a satellite into orbit, in May, was also unsuccessful. In both cases, rockets carrying the equipment failed before putting the satellites into orbit. The satellite program is a critical part of Mr. Kim's effort to advance North Korea's military capabilities. Spy satellites would allow Pyongyang to monitor American and South Korean military activities in the region and strengthen its nuclear weapons program. Russia, which has an advanced space program that dates back to the Soviet era when Moscow put the first satellite and first person in space, could aid North Korea in its satellite quest. But any such aid could run afoul of sanctions imposed by the United Nations Security Council on North Korea, which were put in place with Russia's approval. Among other things, they ban the trade of weapons and military equipment and restrict scientific and technical cooperation. 
construction on the Vostokny Cosmodrome began in 2011 but soon became mired in a high-profile embezzlement scandal, with top bosses overseeing the project landing in prison and Mr. Putin admitting that money had been stolen. North Korea launched two short-range ballistic missiles off its east coast on Wednesday, as its leader, Kim Jong-un, was in Russia for a meeting with President Vladimir V. Putin to discuss military and other cooperation. It was the first time that North Korea had conducted a missile test during one of Mr. Kim's rare trips abroad. The South Korean military said it was analyzing data collected from the North Korean test to help determine what type of ballistic missile was launched. North Korea last conducted a ballistic missile test on August 30 when it fired two off its east coast. Multiple resolutions from the United Nations Security Council prohibit North Korea from testing ballistic missiles. North Korea has repeatedly flouted them in recent years, as Russia and China use their veto power at the Security Council to scuttle any attempt by Washington and its allies to impose new UN sanctions against the North. North Korea has conducted 21 ballistic and other missile tests this year, sometimes firing multiple missiles in a single testing event. Under Mr. Kim, North Korea is trying to strengthen ties with Russia and China to counter an expanding trilateral military cooperative among the United States, Japan and South Korea. As Kim Jong-un has sought to elevate North Korea's standing with both Russia and China, he has found opportunities in the deepening rivalry between China and the United States and in Russia's war in Ukraine. Even when he engaged in meetings with President Donald J. Trump in 2018 and 2019, Mr. Kim used it as leverage to repair ties with Beijing. Long cool to Mr. Kim, Mr. Xi agreed to meet him before and after Mr. Kim's meetings with Mr. Trump to ensure that North Korea remained in Beijing's fold. Mr. Xi even lent Mr. Kim a Boeing 747 jumbo jet to fly to Singapore for his first summit with Mr. Trump in 2018. If anything, Mr. Trump's failed diplomatic efforts with Mr. Kim helped North Korea draw closer to Beijing and Moscow. Mr. Kim met Mr. Putin two months after his botched summit talks with Mr. Trump in 2019. As international sanctions tightened around North Korea in the past couple of decades, it lost most of its former trading partners, including South Korea and Japan. Currently, China accounts for almost all of North Korea's trade. Although North Korea and China have often called their relations as close as lips and teeth, Mr. Kim has tried to lessen Beijing's influence on his country by finding new sources of trade. Traditionally, even during the Cold War, North Korea's leaders have always tried to find maneuvering room between Beijing and Moscow, sometimes playing one against the other, to avoid relying on one of them too much. Then when Mr. Putin launched his full-scale invasion of Ukraine, North Korea was one of the first and few countries to support it. In return, Mr. Kim is likely to want more than the restoration of Cold War-era comradeship with Moscow. He needs Russian parts for his country's old Soviet-era military and civilian aircraft and technological help for its nuclear and missile programs, analysts say. In July, Russia's defense minister, Sergei K. Shoigu, visited Pyongyang, the North Korean capital, to tour an arms exhibition there. Shortly afterward, a Russian Ilyushin IL-62M passenger jet arrived in the city for three days, prompting some analysts in South Korea to speculate that Mr. Kim might be trying to buy a Russian jet as his new personal plane. 
North Korea also faces critical technical hurdles in its efforts to build intercontinental ballistic missiles, ballistic missile submarines, military reconnaissance satellites, and anti-missile defense systems, all areas where it can benefit immensely from Russian technology. Last year, a United Nations Sanctions Committee reported that a North Korean diplomat in Russia had tried to acquire banned materials for the North's ICBM program. When Mr. Kim said last week that his country was building a nuclear-propelled submarine, the program was based on expectations that North Korea would get technological support from Russia, said Hong Min, an analyst at the Korea Institute for National Unification in Seoul.